This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And if you would, turn your Bible to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. 3 John 2, the Apostle John wrote, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And that's what we want for you in your life and in your circumstances. In the news, we see now the result of out-of-control government spending, which is runaway inflation. And Pastor has warned us about this for years. A woman in the church reports that the products that her company represents are up on average 30% in just one year. Since 2020, the price of regular gasoline has doubled in one year, just one year. Grocery prices have increased on average 8%, some items as much as 15%, and there is an expected increase of 3 to 4% before year end. Meat, fish, eggs have increased by 13%. Milk and fruit have increased by 11%. And that's just in a year. In one year, rent has doubled. And now, interest rates will also increase. Tell your neighbor, smile, say, get everything paid off. Tell your other neighbor, say, get everything paid off. A young man in the church recently told pastor, my father, that his family's net worth had just crossed a million dollars, but he told my father that he does not certainly feel rich. Hedge funds are buying up homes nationwide, billionaires are buying up farmland, and the current administration is printing a trillion dollars every six months. It's a recipe for disaster. And that's where we are as a country. And that's even before we get to the moral problems that we face in America today. And so because of this, if the people of God do not learn how to walk in miraculous financial provision and start believing and confessing the Word of God and start following the leading of the Holy Spirit and start taking action on the Word of God, the reality is millions of Christians in America will sink from the middle class into poverty simply because of inflation. We love you. We don't want to see anyone go backwards. So what must we do in these days? Well, we have to learn how to walk in the blessing of God like never before. If you maintain the status quo because of what they're doing, you're going backwards. Does everybody understand? If you just maintain the same level because of what they're doing, that means you are going backwards. And not just every month, every week because of what they have done. So we have to learn how to walk in the blessing of God like never before. We have to learn how to walk in miraculous financial provision. And I know that you, you turn on the news, there's all this talk, well, this is just temporary. 
Any thinking person knows that once companies charge more and get more for certain products, it's never going back. You know, it's not like we're going to wake up tomorrow and iPhones are going to cost half of what they do today. And so there is a real disconnect from reality. So we have to learn how to walk in the blessing of God. And God has already given us the answer in his word. It is the power and the miracle of seed faith giving. And as I encouraged you last Sunday, get a copy of Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving. And no, we're, we're, not, we're not trying to sell extra books. You can get this from Amazon. You can look other places online. But they have them in the cafe if you want to make it easy. Amen. But get a copy of Oral Roberts' The Miracle of Seed Faith. And read it, study it, take action upon it. These principles from the Word of God will empower you to prosper in the days that we're living in. In this book, he tells the story of two little boys, one older. The older boy had some candy, and he had plenty of candy, and he ate what he wanted. But instead of then giving what was left to the other little boy, he threw the rest away. And Oral Roberts in the book says that that's how many of God's people are. Paul, in Acts 20 and verse 35, quoted the Lord Jesus and he said, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why? When we receive, unless we take of some of what we've received and replant it, re-sow it, re-give it, when we receive, that is the end. But when we give, that's just the beginning. Because when you give, when you take action, when you plant, when you sow, there is a harvest that's on the way. And as we've been learning, the harvest is always greater than the seed. Smith Wigglesworth's favorite Bible verse was Mark 4 and verse 28. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. So with these principles from the Word of God, with these principles of seed faith giving, you can go to new levels and you can walk in the blessing of God, no matter what's going on in the world around us. And as we face these circumstances, don't forget who our God is. He is El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. And He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord God, our provider. So do not doubt the provision of God. Paul wrote in Philippians 4 and verse 19 that our God will, He will meet. I love the King James. He shall supply. How many of our needs? All of our needs. According to whose riches? His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So things costing more might have our attention. But praise God, our Heavenly Father can afford it. I said praise God, our Heavenly Father can afford it. And we can use the principles of His Word, not just to have our needs met, but to have more than enough and to have plenty in the days in which we're living. Now, now somebody might say, well, well Austin, I, I just don't believe that we should talk about these things. In most people's lives, if they're stressed, if they're worried, they have trouble sleeping at night, what are they worried about? Money. In many homes and families, if there's fighting between a husband and wife, what is it often about? there's stress, if there's pressure, if there's worry, what is it often about? So our Heavenly Father, He wants 
this particular need met. And not just with enough, he wants it met with more than enough. But we have to do our part. So today's message is every miracle begins with a seed. Every miracle begins with the seed. And the birth of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is an example. Father God wanted to save us from our own sin, rebellion, disobedience, and unbelief. Man could not save himself. Mankind needed a miracle. But how? Our salvation began with the seed. And our Heavenly Father planted a seed by the Holy Spirit into the womb of the Virgin Mary. So every miracle begins with a seed. Every miracle. Every harvest begins with the seed. So in your life, if you need a miracle, you've got to look for a way to plant a seed. If you need a miracle, you've got to look for a way to take action. You've got to look for a way to be a blessing some way, somehow. You've got to look for an opportunity to plant a seed. And why is that? Every miracle, every harvest begins with a seed. Why don't we say that? Say every miracle begins with the seed. Say, every harvest begins with the seed. Now, how did Faith Christian Center get to this place today, to this blessed place? It's by what we're teaching. Every miracle begins with a seed. We sow, and we sow, and we sow, and we sow, and because we sow, and we sow, and we sow, or because we plant, and we plant, and we plant because we take action, we take action, we reap, and reap, and reap. Miracle after miracle. Praise God for last year's testimonies. Praise God for last year's harvest. But if you want to harvest this year, you got to take action this year. You got to sow, you got to plant this year. Picture a farmer. It's 2019, whatever year you want it to be. And he plants, he sows, he works the field. There, there's a wonderful harvest. But what if he takes the next year off? What if he takes the year after that off? Is there going to be a harvest? If you want to live a life of continual harvest, you got to live a life of continual sowing. And that brings us to Mark 4 and verse 26. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. And I ended last Sunday saying that in your life, you've got to be a man or woman who lives your life scattering seed. You've got to be a, a man or woman who lives your life planting, sowing, taking action, looking for opportunities to sow. There, there's a kind of person, and they miss birthday parties on purpose. Why? So they don't have to bring a gift. That They miss baby showers or wedding showers on purpose. Why? So they don't have to bring a gift. You know, you know who I'm talking about. You don't, you don't have to post about it on Facebook. We, we all have a family member like that. When you go out to eat, they always have to use the bathroom right before the bill comes. It's amazing how that happens every single time. See, they're, they're a person who avoids opportunities to be a blessing, to plant, to sow, to take action. But see, it's the same person that they don't have any harvest. They don't have any blessing. And despite all of their birthday party missing and all of their cheapness and stinginess, they still don't maintain. A generous man prospers. He who refreshes others will himself be 
refreshed. A man scatters seed on the ground. So that's what the kingdom of God is like. And night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. So the seed knows its business. The seed goes to work, and as long as it's good soil, and the soil is cultivated and watered and taken care of, the seed goes to work producing a harvest. It's wonderful. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fret about it. You don't have to lose sleep over it. The seed knows its business. And verse 28, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grape, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And what happens in the kingdom of God? A man or woman, they scatter seed on the ground. And what's the result? All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. So that is what the kingdom of God is like. That is what the kingdom of God should be in our lives. That is who we should be as the men and women of God. We should be those that scatter seed. Those that look for opportunities to plant to sow, to take action, to be a blessing, to be generous. If our action or our giving isn't a stretch, then it's not taking place in faith. Everything produces after its own kind, and everything starts with the seed. Say this, say, my miracle starts with the seed. And say this, say, my seed will produce after its own kind. We, we saw that on Easter Sunday. Apple seeds produce apple trees. And what kind of fruit do apple trees produce? I know cantaloupes. I know pears. Apple trees produce apple fruit. Everything, number one, everything produces after its own kind. Now I know that seems so basic, but there's a lot of confusion in 2022 about this. Everything produces after its own kind. Genesis 1 and verse 11, then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. So every seed produces after its own kind. As we learned on Easter Sunday, if you plant watermelon seed, what kind of harvest are you going to get? Watermelon. You're going to have a watermelon vine, and are you going to only going to get one watermelon? Well, no, if it's good soil, if it's taken care of, if it's watered, you're going to get a watermelon vine, which will produce many watermelon. Everything produces after its own kind. And it was so, verse 12, the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. So th this is the system that God put into place. And if we'll see this from his word, if we'll see this in the creation he made, which is good, and apply it in our own lives, we can use these principles for the meeting of every need. We can apply these principles for the meeting of every need, and not just the meeting of every need, but for an abundant harvest for whatever we need. Eat an apple and throw the core away. That is the end. But if you take just one of those seeds and plant it in good soil that is cultivated and is watered and is the right environment, sooner or later you're going to get an apple tree and it's going to produce 
many apples. And how many seeds are planted is up to who? The farmer. And in your life, I'm getting ahead of myself, in your life, you're the farmer. Every seed produces after its own kind. And every miracle starts with the seed. Everything God does begins with the seed planted. And so for our faith to work, there has to be an act of believing, something that we do to release our faith. For our faith to work, it must be a seed of faith, an action of planting, so that it can be reproduced. So number one, everything produces after its own kind. If you sow kindness, what kind of harvest are you going to reap? If you sow being a help, being a blessing, what kind of harvest are you going to reap? If you, if you show being an encouragement, what kind of harvest are you going to reap? The Bible says if you want to receive friendship, you must show yourself to be friendly. So if you want friendship shown towards you, you have to be friendly and sow that seed. Now you go back to the beginning. People worried about money, people fighting about money, people stressed about money. But again, every, every seed produces after its own kind. So if you need more money, what kind of seed must be planted? I, I didn't hear you. If you need more money, what kind of seed must be planted? Money. Haven't you ever heard of a money tree? I'm teasing. All the mothers are like, that's exactly what I want for Mother's Day. <laughs> Guys, don't be nervous in the service. Every seed produces after its own kind. I know, we're, we're in church, we want to feel all spiritual and all, all religious, but you got to set all of that aside to see what the Word of God says for the meeting and the abundance of every need. Number two, everything starts with the seed. Genesis 8 and verse 22, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So someone may not like this, someone may, may disagree, but this is the system God has put into place, and it will never cease. And we see this in the New Testament, Galatians 6 and verse 7, so do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Every seed produces after its own kind. So whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Now I know sometimes we'll say if God blesses us in other ways, that's great. But we have to remind ourselves of the fact that every seed produces after its own kind. And that's true in our finances. Jesus described faith as a seed being planted to get desirable and predictable. Say, say predictable. So you don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. If you wanted apple trees, what would you plant? Apple seeds. If you wanted watermelon, what kind of seeds would you plant? If you wanted cantaloupes, what kind of seed would you plant? If you want more money, what kind of seeds would you plant? And see, people, they get all spiritual, faux spirituality. They get all religious. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. But see, what are they fighting about? What are they worried about? What are they stressed about? What is there not enough of? And see, this is why it requires faith, because you perceive that there's not enough but to have a harvest, you must sow some of what you think you don't have enough of. So there's a sowing, there's a planting, so there's a harvest on the way. Every seed 
produces after its own kind. Jesus said in Matthew 17, verse 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing, tell your neighbor, say nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. So if you have faith as a seed, or if your believing becomes seed faith, no matter how small it seems, the seed will meet needs and problems that seem impossible. Each act of faith, it is a seed planted, and it will be multiplied. And the harvest, it is always greater than the seed. In nature, we see that the earth is in production. You know, just now, it's late spring. Things are blooming, things are turning green. It is beautiful. In nature, we see the earth is in production. Seed time and harvest is at work. The seed is planted. The soil is cultivated. And the earth produces a harvest of like kind. For too many of God's people, faith and the word are hit and miss propositions. This is why people go to special meetings and they, they hope they'll hit a miracle. In the Gospels, Jesus showed us how to control and to direct our faith at all times. Everything produces after its own kind. And everything starts with a seed. Say, my miracle starts with the seed. Say, my harvest starts with the seed. And say, every seed produces after its own kind. So if a farmer, if a farmer in Texas, or a farmer in Oklahoma, or a farmer in Kansas, if a farmer can get predictable results, why can't we use our faith to get predictable results every time? Why can't we control and direct our faith to get predictable results every time? I mean, if a farmer knows, if he plants corn, he's going to get? If he plants wheat, he's going to get? If a farmer knows that and works it, why can't we work that as the people of God? You heard me tell a few Sundays ago how Jessica and I, we look for opportunities. We have five kids. They're growing. They're growing fast. The oldest is about to be taller than Pastor Sue. They're growing. Get them new shoes. They need new shoes. A couple weeks later, they're growing. So they need new shoes. They need new clothes. It's spring. They need spring clothes, right? Can't wear winter clothes in spring. Not in Texas. It's about to be summer. You know, Jessica, just this morning... You know, I, I mentioned this or that to her. She says, well, you know, you know, now we got to get all summer clothes. It's coming. You know, we got to get summer shoes and we got to get swim shoes and shorts and shirts. And she's like, Austin, you're out of date. So you need everything new for this summer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, every seed produces after its own kind. And so a few weeks ago, Jessica told me that Kids needed new shoes, new school shoes, sports shoes. And the same time, she mentioned a situation to me where there was a need, a child needing shoes. So I arranged for another church member to take care of that so they wouldn't know it was me. They wouldn't know it was Jessica and I. They wouldn't know it was us. Jesus said to let our almsgiving be done how? In secret. So I arranged for it to be taken care of without them knowing who it was coming from. Because at the end of the day, we have to look to the Lord as our source and our supply. But why did I do that? Because I know this fact. 
every seed produces after its own kind. And if I need a harvest of shoes, what must I sow? If I need a harvest of clothes, what must I sow? If I need a harvest of furniture, whatever it is, what must be sown? So as a believer, to walk in the blessing of God, you got to give up the garage sale mentality. you got to give up the hoarder's mentality. I mean, everywhere you look, every highway you drive down, they are building more and more self-storage places. I think people love their stuff so much, eventually we're going to see people move in to these self-storage places and live with their stuff. But you know the mentality. It's old, no one wants it, but someone will take a whole Saturday, drag all that stuff outside nobody wants, and argue and connive and, and say it's more valuable than it is. So at the end of the day, there's $50. That is not the blessing of Abraham. That is not the blessing of the Lord. Why not take care of what God has blessed us with? Why not give it away and be a blessing with it before it's used up? Before it's just junk to be thrown in the garbage? Why not sow it? Because every seed produces after its own kind. So you got to lift up your eyes. And if you want to go to higher levels, you got to operate at higher levels. If a farmer can get predictable results, why can't we use our faith to get predictable results every time? This past week I was thinking about how there have been times throughout the history of the church where the church has been a blessing to missionaries with a vehicle or with a car. Remember when a long time ago, the previous location, we were a blessing to missionary Bud Sickler and his wife Faye with vehicles. They, they've gone on to be with the Lord. And more recently, a few years ago, we were a blessing to be a help to the church and to pastors jo Joshua and Margaret there in Mombasa, Kenya with vehicles. And so this past week, I was thinking about how when there were those opportunities, Jessica and I participated. We, we gave, we sowed. What kind of seed did we sow? Car seed. And so today in our lives, we, we, we have no need when it comes to vehicles. The Lord gives unto us the desires of our hearts. And we have a large family. There aren't many choices. It is, it is what it is. Amen? But it is, the blessed of the, it is the best of the land. And we're blessed. But we, we have no need in that part of our lives. Why? Because we have sown that kind of seed. When there have been opportunities, we have sown that kind of seed. Recently, we were a blessing to missionary Dave Smith. He and his wife Becky spent their entire lives on the mission field in Kenya. She recently went home to be with the Lord. We are a blessing to them. But if you'll remember, five, seven years ago, before when they retired, they were going to buy a house here in Waxahachie. Faith, Faith Christian Center covered the down payment on that home. And I remember, I have to look up the exact amount, but I remember Jessica and I, we, we participated in that. So when it comes to housing, when it comes to where we live, when it comes to housing needs, we, we have no needs. We have abundance. Why? What kind of seed have we sown? House seed. Every seed produces after its own kind. If a farmer can get predictable results, why can't we? Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as a seed, or we could say it this way, if our believing becomes seed faith, faith that takes action, nothing will be impossible for us. So whatever you can conceive or envision, whatever you can envision and believe, you can achieve. And through the principle of seed time and harvest, you can get predictable results every time. 
Not this last time, but the time before. We were at a place here in Mansfield looking at shoes for the kids. And I thought, well, I'll look for myself. And I, I opened up, you know, you're looking for your size. And of course, they're not arranged. So, you know, you're trying to find the right size and, you know, it's just a mess. Finally find my size, think this is it, open the box. Somebody had put their old shoes in that box. Meaning, somebody needed a new pair of shoes. And instead of going and buying a new pair of shoes, somebody went into Academy in Mansfield, somebody took out a new pair of shoes, which means they stole them, and they left their old shoes in the box. Now, whoever that is, they are not a blessed person. See, every seed produces after its own kind. And if you do nothing, if there's no seed sown, you're not maintaining because of what's going on around us, you're going backwards. But if you steal, the Bible says that if a thief be found out, he must repay how many times? And the storm may not catch you. The IRS may not catch you. Your, your wife may not catch you. But sooner or later, someone's going to catch you. And you will pay seven times. It's the principle. And so you can work this principle positively in your life. Seed time and harvest positively in your life. You can be a blessing. You can be a man or woman who scatters seed. And you can get predictable results every time. Drive through the country. Drive where there is farmland, and you will see seed time and harvest at work. It's beautiful. It is wonderful. The farmer is in control of the seed he plants. The farmer determines the type of seed. The farmer determines the quantity of seed. And so the result, the farmer determines his harvest. The farmer's in charge. The farmer is in charge of his harvest. And sure, there can be bad weather, there can be this or that circumstance, but if he doesn't get discouraged, if he gets back on that tractor, if he says, I will sow again, I will plant again, I will work this field again, it's not luck, it's not guesswork, it is not chance. There is a harvest on the way. Now we live in a culture where things have been so dumbed down and the standards so lowered, God's people have been robbed. Malachi, the Lord said through Malachi, will a man rob me? But we live in a generation where because pastors have been too fearful to teach the people the word of God and these principles, they've robbed the people of walking in the blessing of the Lord the way they should. Sometimes my father will say to me, Austin, go check this out, go visit here, go there. Because of the way I was raised, my father taught me from Deuteronomy that when we go to the house of the Lord, we're, we're to participate, we're to take action, we're to give. Do not appear before me empty-handed. And so when I travel, when Aaron and I go somewhere, visit a place, check something out, I, I participate. Whether it's my cup of tea or not, I participate, I take action, I'm a blessing. But I've noticed that as we've, we've gone here or there, the new thing is, because of the culture, to do the offering so fast that if you're new or you're a visitor, it happens so fast that literally you cannot write the check out fast enough before the offering bucket goes by. Or it goes by so fast there, there's not even time to, to, to look to see what to text, where to text, how to text. It's like they're ashamed of it. They are embarrassed of it. 
But see, if God's people don't sow, there won't be any harvest. If God's people don't sow and there's no harvest, they're not maintaining. They're going backwards and backwards and backwards. I've noticed at restaurants recently, somebody thought this must have been a good idea. But you go to a restaurant, you sit down. For us with five, our goal is to order as fast as possible. Order as fast as possible, get the food as fast as possible, so everybody is as happy as can be as long as possible. So you sit down, you're ready to order, and they say, is this your first time? And we're, we're creatures of habit. We go to the same places, so our answer is always no. But say you're, you're somewhere, and they say, is this your first time? And you say yes. They don't say, well, well, golly gee whiz, it's your first time. And we don't want you to feel uncomfortable. So it's on the house. Everything, ev everything is free. Order whatever you want, and we're not going to charge you. We're not going to expect anything from you. You've never once been in a restaurant and heard that. You've never once gone into Chick-fil-A, which is blessed of the Lord, and them say, is it your first time? And you say yes, and then they say, well, you don't worry about it. It's on the house. But I, I've sat in services and places where they say, if you're new or you're a visitor, we don't want you to give. We don't want you to fill income. We don't want you to give. But see, if there's no sowing, if there's no planting, there is no harvest. And so it's all this in this culture to make people feel comfortable. I don't want to feel comfortable in lack. I don't want to feel comfortable in need. I don't want to hear feel comfortable in not having enough and being anxious and being worried. I want to know how to get out of this circumstance. And the only way to do it is by taking action on the Word of God. The only way to do it is by applying the principles that we see in the Word of God. Every seed produces after its own kind. And in your life, you're the farmer. Say, say I'm a farmer. So you may, you may have thought, pictured yourself as a city person. Say, say, I'm a farmer. Say, I'm responsible for my harvest. The soil reproduces whatever seed is sown into it. And that means the harvest is always predictable. Everything produces after its own kind. And everything starts with the seed. So say, my miracle, say, my harvest begins with the seed. Number three, with faith as a seed, nothing is impossible. With faith as a seed, nothing is impossible. Jesus said in Matthew 17, verse 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. So with faith as a seed, nothing is impossible. Number four, since everything produces after its own kind, you can plant a seed for what you need. You can plant a seed for what you need. I said, I think it was after the message last week. You know, everybody's complaining about gas and, and worried about gas. Why, why, not blessing, why not try blessing out somebody at the gas pump? If you need a harvest of gas, why not sow some gas? Why not be a blessing? Now, it's Texas. you got to be careful, you know, walking up to people. Get shot doing that. So don't be weird. Don't be creepy. Amen. But when you have a safe opportunity, you can be a blessing. And I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying that if there's a need, why not sow the seed for what you need? Every seed produces after its own kind. 
since everything produces after its own kind, you can plant a seed for what you need. Jessica and I, because we have five children, they're all, they're about to be, Emily's about to be here, St. Paul's this fall. I'm excited. Jessica's going to get her backpack and a lunchbox. We are bringing her. Amen. Because that is a need in our life. Their, their tuition it being covered, we look for opportunities to sow and to be a blessing. There have been times when we've heard about a young person having this or that need or this or that bill with their schooling, and without telling them, without them knowing, Jessica and I have written to the university and sent money and said, we want that applied to their tuition bill. Every seed produces after its own kind. When we give into the St. Paul Scholarship Fund. Why? We're sowing a seed for what we need. Every seed produces after its own kind. And since everything produces after its own kind, you can plant a seed for what you need. The farmer is in control of the seed he plants. You, you're the farmer. You determine the type of seed. You determine the quantity of seed. Paul said that when we sow sparingly, how do we reap? When we sow generously, how do we reap? Who determines that? Who determines that in your life? You do. You're the farmer. In your life, you're the farmer. Say this, say, I can plant a seed for what I need. And again, the best thing is moments in time when the Holy Spirit leads us. But I don't stop that from me scattering seed all the time. And again, I'll use myself as an example. Not to boast, not to brag. Simply, I can report on what Jessica and I do. And so, weekly, we're, we're sowing seed above and beyond our tithe in various ways to various things on a regular basis on autopilot. Why? We're living life as a man and a woman who does what? Scatters seed. And some seed produces a harvest 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold, but I'm not complaining about it because the harvest is always greater than the seed. And so we live a life where we're scattering seed all the time. This morning we brought a tithe. The tithe is not something we give, it's something that we bring to the house of God. We brought two offerings above and beyond the tithe, two seeds. After the first service, something was handed to me, and I'm thankful for every blessing, but if it's not enough to meet the need, it must be what? Because if I, if I consume it, if I devour it, if I use it up on two trips to Chick-fil-A, that is the end. But if I plant the seed, it is just the beginning. And that's why Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So we live a life where we're, we're just scattering seed all the time, looking, waiting for opportunities to scatter seed. But then there are those moments where the Holy Spirit will lead you. Remember last year there was a 9 a.m. service. We brought our tithes. We had brought seeds above and beyond the tithe. But during the service, the Lord put on my heart to be a blessing to an evangelist we know. So technology is great right there. Boom immediately obeyed the Lord. And that was made up to us several times that week. And not every harvest is that fast. Not every harvest is 60-fold or 100-fold. Some are 30, but the harvest is always greater than the seed. So you got to live a life as a man or woman who scatters seed. And in your life, you're the farmer. But if you want to harvest, what must you do? Sow, plant. Every seed produces after its own kind. Every miracle starts with a seed. Everything God does begins with a seed that is planted. But for our seed to work, there must be an act of believing, something we do to release our faith. For our faith to work, it must be a seed of faith, an action that is taken. Number five, 
whatever you can conceive or envision. Whatever you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. If you have faith as a seed, nothing will be impossible for you. Why is that? Because faith as a seed is faith that takes action. And if you're taking action, that's something that God can bless. If seed is being sown, there's a harvest on the way. With the principle of seed time and harvest, we can get predictable results every time. Look to your heavenly Father as your source and supply. Jesus told us in Luke 6, 38, give that it may be given back unto us. Once your seed is in the ground, then believe God and expect a miracle. See, out there in the church world, people are trained to not expect a miracle. People are, are trained to not expect a harvest. People are even trained that if they, they sow and plant money, not to expect a harvest of what? Money. But every seed produces after what? Its own kind. So once your seed is in the ground, believe God for a miracle. Expect a miracle. If our giving, if our action is not a stretch, there's no faith in it. And we've got to stretch. We've got to stretch our faith and stretch our action to go to new levels. Our Heavenly Father does not want to diminish you. He wants to multiply you. He wants to increase you. He wants to bless you. When that little boy in the Gospels gave his lunch to Jesus, five loaves and two fish, that boy did not go home hungry. I said that boy did not go home hungry. And see, religious people would have you believe that we put things in the hand of God and then we do without. The crowd was fed. 5,000 men plus women plus children. There were 12 basketfuls left over. That little boy not only did not go hungry that day, I dare say he never went hungry a single day of his life because amongst a crowd of men, it was a little boy who put his lunch in the hands of Jesus to feed others. I dare say he never lacked when it came to food a day in his life. Every seed produces after its own kind. And the harvest, the harvest is always greater. Say this, say, I'm going to be a man. Or lady, say, I'm going to be a woman who scatters seed. Say, I'm looking for opportunities. Say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me, give me opportunities. Now let's take a moment. You might be here today. Please bow your heads, close your eyes. You might be here today and perhaps you have never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and as the Savior of your life. Our Heavenly Father, He, he loves you. He loves you. He wants you to be a part of the family of God. But that begins by repenting of your sins. It begins by asking Jesus into your heart, into your life. It begins with giving your life to Jesus. This world that we live in, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that you can believe whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. That if you're just kind of good enough, that is sufficient. It's a lie. This world that we live in, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that you can come up with your own path to God. It's a lie. Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. To be born again, to be a part of the family of God, to be saved, to have heaven as your home. You've got to accept 
Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You've got to give your life to Him. He gave His life for you. And to receive what He did on your behalf, you have to give your life to Him. You might be here today and say, Austin, I've never done that, but, but I want to. I want to give Him my life today. I want to be a part of the family of God today. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it high so I'll see it, I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I, I've never asked Jesus into my heart, but I, I want to. I want to be a part of the family of God. If that's you, raise your hand to where I'll see it. You might also be here today at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart, not been living for the Lord, you know in your heart, you've been doing your own thing, and you have paid a price. The Bible says that the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. But it all begins by recommitting your life, by making things right with the Lord, by repenting and turning from your sinful living and living a life that is wholehearted for the Lord. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right. I want to leave here today knowing I have peace with God. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it high. So I'll see it. I'll know you want me to pray with you. you. Might be watching, listening online now or later. Say, Austin, pray with me. Repeat this simple prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus was born on my behalf. I believe he lived a perfect life without sin. And I believe he paid the price I deserve to pay. I believe he paid the price for my sins. And I believe he suffered, he died on my behalf, and I believe he raised him from the dead. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer watching or listening, there is an address on the screen. Go there. We don't want to ask you of anything. We want to be a blessing to you. you. Fill out the short form. We'll send you a Bible. We'll send you a copy of God's very own child, English or Spanish. It's a short book written by my father, our senior pastor. It'll help you get started in living the Christian life. Father God is good, and he wants to do wonderful, wonderful things in your life.